Refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. It is always my pleasure to welcome Natalie Ebrill from Sleep and Settle as our Oh Baby expert back to The Juice. How are you today, lovely? I'm very well, thanks, Lou. And I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Now, look, today we're going to delve into something that I think if you, if you, you know, have had a human yourself, you have experienced this, and that is bedwetting. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Absolutely. So sometimes it can be just the one office where toilet training and that sort of thing, and sometimes it can be an ongoing problem. And I'm, I'm guessing that this is something that you see quite a bit in your practice. Yeah, so it's it's a, a very normal but frustrating part of growing up mm. and parenting. And as we're assuming, it's for the oldest toddler, that child, primary school age child who is out of nappies but still having some lingering issues. Yes. And, you know, the statistics can say that it's, you know, in a, a group of Ten of your classmates, so maybe one to two of those children are actually still wetting the bed at night. So yes. it can be quite normal, but it is also very frustrating. Yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, so what can we do? So first of all, I'm interested in what is normal? So, you know, as I was just alluding to, one to two of kids out of ten in a, in a, a primary school classroom and potentially wetting the bed and it you know there are physical reasons and there are oversight reasons there's lots of different reasons why a child would wet the bed but I think it's very important for parents to take the pressure off the the desire to be dry all night yes because it's a little bit like toilet training. <laughs> it's a little bit like starting solids. It's a process and we need to get to the bottom of why there's an ongoing problem if there's an ongoing problem. Yeah. And we also need to acknowledge that it can absolutely happen. And, you know, we, we fully appreciate that the endless night waking and changing clothes and linen and washing can be really tiring for the child and yourself. Yeah. But there are certainly, I've got 10 tips here to offer parents that will help cope with it and look at the cause and therefore treatment. Fantastic. Okay, hit me with them. I'm very interested. (laughs) Great. All right. So tip number one is to limit fluids from 4 o'clock in the afternoon to 6 only. Right. So if we have a child that is thinking whatever they want and they're not wetting the bed, not a problem. If they're not broken, don't fix it. That's one of my big mottos. Yeah. However, if they are wetting the bed in the night time and they have a busy life, then limit their fluids to four o'clock um, from four o'clock to six only to slow the production of urine and a full bladder. Yeah. Okay. And tip number two would be to toilet your child before their bedtime. So while we're trying to encourage bladder stability and and encouraging them just to go to the toilet when they feel like it. If if this is frustrating the parent and impacting on sleep of the child and the adult, then we could parent the child before their, their bedtime. But also, the parents could parents parents could toilet the child before their own bedtime. 
especially when they're in the thick of it and they're trying to get to the bottom of the bedwetting to reduce the stress and the washing. Yes. Yeah, well, that makes complete sense. Um, that was something that I used to do um, with my toddlers was that, yeah, I'd um, before I went to bed, I'd just get them up and they didn't even remember and, um, yeah. you know, and just uh, gave them that opportunity and um, that sort of saved the mattress in quite a few cases, I think. Exactly. And remembering that this, we're dealing with the family who's trying to work out the problem as well as with toilet training and or bedwetting and where it's not a habit we're starting, it's just a way of coping with bedwetting. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And point number four would be check for worms. Yes. Of course. Now, worms, yeah. <laughs> I knew there'd be a light bulb moment for you today. Yes. So worms are really common in children and harm to cats, but they come out in the evening in the dark and they try to lay eggs around the anal passage. Mm. And sometimes they can crawl into the female genitalia as well and they irritate the, the, the outer perianal area and the inner perianal area mm. and they absolutely cause bedwetting in the night time as well as a change in behaviour, tummy pains, the children going off their food and having this inability to go to sleep. So that's something that we need to consider as well. Yeah, 100%. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. so if the parents are noticing a sudden change in the child's behaviour and an inability to go to sleep, that also that's an itchy perianal area, mm. then I'd be checking for those. Yes, yeah, and very common they are, aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely very common, yes. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And funnily enough, you know, it's not just hand washing and what dressing under the nails that we need, you know, before dinner or for school-aged children in particular, but they can, they can be in our tummy, but increase in number if the child has a low immune system. So right. in the midst of COVID and flu season, it's not always about hand washing. It's sometimes that they, if the child's becoming quite low with their immunity, that they could take over and not quite. Right. Yeah, so that's something else just to keep in mind. That happened with one of my children. Wow, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she nearly got dermatitis from washing her hands every day at school because she was trying to avoid them again. Yeah. And then we realised that was actually the GP told us, yeah, it wasn't about, she was doing great hand washing, it really wasn't about that. So don't give yourself dermatitis, it was because she was actually quite unwell at the time. Right. Yeah. Making complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. guess, look, it is, you know, it is a frustrating thing for, for parents to go through and, um, you know, and sometimes it can present itself a little bit more. So these are really handy tips to sort of, you know, try and, try and uh, keep a handle on it. So step five would be see a chiropractor. Right. Because physical trauma from birth and beyond, like the fall or the tumble, can impact on the spine. And the spine channels the nerves around the body. So if the spine's out of alignment, then a nerve could be pinched mm. that's leading to the bladder, and that could actually affect bedwetting as well. So it wouldn't hurt to see a chiropractor. Yes. Yeah. Now, 
in terms of coping with the the linen, yes, then we could make our life easier by using a number one a breathable but waterproof mattress protector on the mattress. Right. We don't want hard, crunchy plastic because even though that will be obviously a great water barrier, it will make the child feel freezing cold in winter and sweaty hot in summer. So we're looking for a breathable but waterproof mattress protector. But then I would make the bed as usual and then I would put a rubber, We in nursing we call them a quietly, a rubberish type large sheet that gets tucked around the mattress as well. Yeah. So that if the child with a, with another set of sheets on top of it. So if the child actually wet the bed, we could simply take those loyal mm. sheets off, yeah. change the pajamas, and then put the Kylie back underneath to fit the next lot of linen that's already on the bed with a fitted sheet, and then everyone goes back to bed as soon as possible. Oh, that is one hell of a hack there. <laughs> So the linen's already on the bed. It's already ready to go. Now, that's assuming that the child doesn't, because we've limited the fluid, yep. you know, they're not going to have this bladder full of 20 litres that's going to go all over the whole bed. Yes. So if that seems to be the problem, then we would have their mattress protector, uh, their Kylie and their linen in the bedroom with their dummies ready to go, but otherwise we could double linen the bed. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That is another light bulb moment. I've had two now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, here's one that you might not have thought of. Point seven is that ENT issues, enos and throat issues, such as the snoring, noisy breathing, mouth breathing, hot, sweaty mess overnight that right. we've talked about before. Mm. All of those breathing difficulties that lower the oxygenation of the brain that put the pressure on the heart also put pressure on the kidneys and can therefore cause dead wetting overnight. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And so even in adults who snore, they may find that they're getting up and going to the toilet more frequently in the night time for the very same reason. Yeah. Yeah, I get that because obviously it is putting stress on, um, you know, on the heart. But, yeah, it does make sense that it puts stress on the kidneys as well. All of the organs, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so ENT issues can cause bedwetting. So that's something that we would look into as well. Yeah. This one you might have thought of. Okay. Point eight is, is the child constipated? Right. Because... If they're constipated and the bowel is full, that puts pressure on the bladder and that's more likely to cause bedwetting in the nighttime as well. Right. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Making sense. <laughs> I, I love talking about all this stuff. So and point nine would be look for sources of stress, illness or overtiredness in the child's life. Mm-hmm. So... That's an environmental thing. That's a personal thing. And naturally, if there is periods of stress, illness, or they're overtired, they may not have the brain capacity. And it might be just an odd time or it might be something that's short-lived, not necessarily due to a physical problem. Mm. And that's something that we could deal with. And then you can see that the bedwetting would have a limited time frame and it's not going to be forever. Yeah. Yeah. And... Point number 10 would be mm-hmm. that if none of the above apply, 
Yeah. I would take the pressure off the child and do what you need to do with the linen to allow the child to be dry at night with age and neural and bladder muscle development. Right. And maturing. So if everything else you've addressed is like, no, 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 take pressure off and just wait for the child's bladder muscles to mature. Yeah. And if there's not a physical problem or an emotional problem, it will happen. Oh, Look, that has been an absolute pot of gold, Natalie. I love um, all of those strategies and, um, you know, and I love the end bit. Take the pressure off the child because, you know, we don't want them to associate that with shame either. Um, It's something that, you know, all kids go through at some point, I guess. And, yeah, um, yeah, just just having those strategies up your sleeve is just so very helpful. So I really thank you for sharing that with everybody with us today. You're very welcome. That was, and if the yeah, parents yep. have any, you know, other tips or they have any questions, they're welcome to reach out to me at my website, sleepandsettle.com.au. Absolutely. Natalie, thank you so much for joining us once again on The Juice. That was Natalie Eberl from Sleep and Settle, our baby whisperer. And we'll be right back here on The Juice. 